What's going on, guys? It is the Sorry to Interrupt podcast Wednesday NFL edition brought to you by SorrySports.com as always. So Sean and I jumped right in today. We talked about the New York Jets. Positive outlook on it. We are both pretty happy with the start of the season, especially me as a Jets fan. Then we went into a long, long, long depressing talk about the New York Giants with Sean. I feel like this is going to become a weekly thing this, uh, this season. It definitely is. Then we went down through the entire AFC, through the entire NFC. We recapped our picks the last week. I get it. I was 0-4. My sperm bank pick of the week did definitely did not cash in for anybody. Um, and then we made our picks for the following week coming up. So give this one a listen, and we will be back on Monday. Follow us on Twitter at Sorry Sports, on Instagram, Sorry underscore Sports, and shoot us an email, SorrySports at Yahoo.com, and enjoy the pod. Welcome back, everybody, to Sorry to Interrupt. It's a Wednesday, so you know what that means. It's our NFL podcast, the one you wait all week for. Boy, do we have a lot to get into. We just talked last night. Tom, I'm not even going to ask you how you're doing. I'm just going to say, what's up, man? What's going on, man? How are you? (laughs) We're doing. Um, Yeah, so let's just jump right in. We'll talk about the New York Jets first. Nice pick on the New York Jets. Put you at 1-3 this week. I continue to pick your team, and I'm feeling so much more vindicated for winning these games than I have about my own team, obviously. But this is is nice. I mean, how can you not be happy with the way they've looked the last few weeks? Yeah, man, and, and I'll tell you what. I... I wasn't all in on this Jets season from a winning standpoint, although I didn't care because they don't have a first-round draft pick. I'm all in now, and I just want them to win every single game. Before this, I was like, let's just watch these guys develop, this, that, and the third. After that win, when you can put together a couple of games where you are running the ball really well, Sam Darnold is making more than enough plays, looking like a true pro out there, and your defense is making plays, although Marcus May got hurt, and your penalties are coming down, I'm really, really excited about this team this season. That two-minute drill that they ran at the end of the first half was a thing of beauty. Yeah. No, I mean, they I mean, executed that about as well as you possibly could. And I thought that was a great move because – so you're winning the game at that point. And I think with a conservative team and a, and a young team that you want to kind of just get victories to and, and, and feel good about going into this into halftime with a lead at home, no less, they gave the, – the coaching staff and Bowles gave, gave that offense an opportunity to say, no, let's, let's go for some more points here. I love that. And you know what? That's what helps really young teams mature. Because last year we admitted, right, there were a couple games that they could have won – that they didn't win because they were because they were very conservative and they played a lot not to lose and I think with the exception of the Lions game that's how they played a lot early on even though they got they were never really in a position to you know play with a lead you looked like they were conservative not really throwing out the entire playbook that was a beautiful thing and I think that there's something to be said for that that builds a lot of confidence in that offense by a defensive coach who people like yourself have said we need an offensive mind. He showed confidence in that unit, especially a young unit, and I think that does a lot to for their confidence going forward and saying, listen, our coach believes in the fact that we can put up some points in a short amount of time. Yeah, through through the first six weeks of this season with the Jets being 3-3, three and three, I mean, my takeaways are basically, I said at the beginning of the year, I don't care what games you win, 
I just want to see progress and competence and getting better every single week. Not only am I seeing that now, but I'm really rooting for them now. Not not only just to, you know, get better for Sam Darnold's prime years, but I want them to go for try and make the playoffs, try and get one of those wild cards. Well, seats. because Darnold's shown that he can win and play well. And they're opening up the playbook for the guy, like you said, and he's it's clearly paying off. This Jets seems exciting. I mean, not only do they put up a lot of points, they do it on big plays as well. Whether it be a deep ball to Robbie Anderson or Isaiah Crowell breaking one off, this team is exciting. They put up points in bunches. And, I mean, for uh, in this offensively dominant league, they have one of the better defenses and they can get stops when they need them seemingly. Yeah, absolutely. And now that game was a shootout. I mean, both teams scored a lot of points. And the Colts, we know they can score, but that defense, you know, when when we were picking our games, I told you, I mean, that defense sucks. I mean, they're not good, and they're not going to be able to get a lot of stops. And and you know, I'm I'm not going to use that as a as a takeaway from this Jets performance because I think anytime a young quarterback and a young offense can put up 42 can put up 42 points, points yeah. I don't care who they're playing, that's really impressive. And that was what it took eventually to win that game because the Colts were scoring too. Not a great defensive performance by the Jets, but they put up enough points. And listen, you got to just be so encouraged with the way they they the last two weeks against decent competition at home. They've gotten that crowd into it, and they've given the crowd a reason to stay late, which we weren't sure about going into this season. So yeah, if I were you, I would be ecstatic. And now you've got another home game. You got the Bills coming up after that. I mean, there's you can realistically look down the schedule and say card. this team could be an eight to nine win team if they steal one or two we're not looking at and then handle business against the inferior opponents that they have left. Yeah, absolutely. And I don't expect this team to make the playoffs by any means, but I'm definitely rooting and I'm all in on this season. Before this, I was like, now I'm just not. don't fall far now. Like if they if they let don't don't feel too let down if they end up no, throwing a stinker out there. Not at all, because you got to expect that, but. I, I I said I don't expect this team to make the playoffs, but I'm truly going to be rooting for it like I was in the Sanchez years and like I was, I hate to say it, this is how sad the Jets franchise have been, even <laughs> in Gino that Fitzpatrick Smith. year oh, when Fitzpatrick, he threw that okay. pick. Nah, fuck, Gino Smith, stop it. Um, <laughs> I wanted to see how sad it got. Um, but yeah, I mean, this feels like a real team, not just a team that you're excited for five years from now or two years from now, whatever you want to say. You're excited right now, and... Through through the first three games, what from what I expected, starting off with that Lions game, I couldn't have asked for anything more. No, I mean that the Dolphin game now looks bad because the Dolphins have have started to struggle a little bit. But you sure, they just beat the they just beat my sperm bank pick, bro. Well, that says much more about your picks. Um, but up till that that point, they hadn't been playing great. But no, you gotta love what, the way the Jets have been playing and and building to the future, right? Like. They have a lot of cap space, $90 million roughly worth of cap space to spend on free agency next year. And without that first round pick, they're going to be going for it. And they're definitely looking a lot more appealing in the minds of incoming free agents than they would have been, you know, if they were to yeah. be a two-win team. They're working out a former Tennessee wide receiver, Rashad Matthews, right now, who I'd really like to see on the team. This guy did not get cut because Add he another wasn't threat. talented. Yeah, absolutely, especially with the noon one going down. So it'll be interesting to see how that goes on. But next year is going to be the year where I think they're going to make a lot of big-time moves. There's a couple offensive linemen that are going to be available. I think they're going to go hard after them. Because that's really one area that they need to be addressed. Running back, 
Lord knows, maybe they could go after Le'Veon Bell. Who knows what kind of deal he wants. I think if it's too steep, it's most definitely a stay away. They've shown that you can put Isaiah Crowell and Bilal Pal in a backfield and be not Le'Veon Bell, but be more than a serviceable running game. They, and a they lot ran of teams for a collective that. like 320 yards against the Broncos the other week. I yeah. mean, that's, and that's a good defense. Well, they were a good defense. <laughs> pretty bad this year. Um, all right, so that's pretty much it with the Jets. Fun first six weeks of the season. And I have to say I'm happy as a Jets fan. Yeah, I'm, I'm happy for you, and I'm happy for all Jet fans, honestly. You're happy for me? I am. You mean it? No. Um, <laughs> no, I I mean, God, you got to be honest. You know, if you pick a franchise quarterback who you believe, having seen it, you know, 15 years ago, it definitely gives you promise that you're. this feels different than it did with Sanchez when he won a f- couple games. It feels different than when Geno had a couple performances. I mean, this just feels like, listen, we finally got our guy. Now, how, how high is he going to ascend? Is he going to be a Patrick Mahomes? Probably not. But I think this is going to be a guy who is very capable of winning you several playoff games, and if you build a good nucleus around him, which it seems like slowly but surely they're doing, I, I mean, you gotta you gotta look forward to it. The Patriot dominance is not. This isn't 2009. You know, the Patriots are eventually not going to be there. And you hope, as Darnold's only 21, by the time he's 24, 25, that division's there for the taking, and they could assert themselves as that next mini dynasty in the AFC East and at least be a perennial playoff team. Yeah, absolutely. So why don't we move on to the other team in New York, the team that'll maybe picking their franchise quarterback number three this season. Yep. And that is your New York Giants. Let me just ask you this to start off. Sure. Can you finally get off the Eli bandwagon? Can you just take the leap off? Yeah, I mean, I was. you could tell that I was starting to lose it last week. So just, let's just say you're jumping off. Just yeah. say it. Oh, yeah. Off. There we go. Goodbye. Thank yeah. you. Goodbye, that, Eli. Thank you yes. for the two Super Bowls. Of course. You're going to cry when he retires, just like they did for Drew Brees' touchdown. I'm not. You're going to name your first child Eli. I'm not. All that shit. Whatever. You'll get a tattoo and but, all that stuff. You but, really don't know me at all. <laughs> I thought we were friends. Um, <laughs> but aside from that, it's time to move on, man. The guy is terrible. Yeah, he's really bad. Dude, and, I, go ahead. Tyrod Taylor. So I could name a bunch of other guys go into, in the league. We're going to go into some different tiers, and we had our Tyrod Taylor conversation the last week or two weeks ago, and we're not going to revisit that as an option because I'm going to tell you why. I'm going to tell you why. But first, let's just look at this situation, okay? I I told you my thought before the season started that John Mara, embarrassed by the situation that happened last year, told whoever was coming in, the GM Gettleman and the coach Shermer and whoever else was interviewing for this job. You can do whatever you want, but we are giving Eli Manning the opportunity to win games with this team. And you and you kind of thought I was crazy about it, but I mean, I don't know another way to explain it. Yeah. Because here's the only other way. And if it's this other alternative, then it's even worse. And you have to now cons- wonder if Gettleman and Shermer are right for the job. How could you have possibly missed this badly evaluating him? Now, last year, and you know it, as I just officially signed off the Eli bandwagon, thanks to uh, thanks to you. So, I, I just don't... I mean, here's the situation, man. You've got to understand that this guy had nothing left, okay? And I was willing to say and concede, all right, 
they had everybody and anybody hurt last year. You know, Beckham out, Marshall out, two of the wide receivers you had. You had Sterling Shepard miss time. You have Evan Ingram drop almost everything that came his way. You had the worst offensive line in the history of the game, in my opinion, okay, which is strong, close, yes. but it was about as bad as it got. Defense couldn't stop every, uh, anybody, and they mailed a lot of games in. Eli looked terrible, but I was not willing to concede and say that he was the root problem. And going into this year, I figured that's listen, right. You were one of those Eli apologists. Yeah, and that's but, okay. but the thing that's was, okay. I yeah, it definitely is. <laughs> and now it's obvious that although the offensive line is still obviously an issue, what do they say about um, addiction? Isn't it like admitting is the first step? Yeah, you've taken the first step. You know, I'm when really you get a franchise quarterback, you would actually understand. Well, I'm but, starting to understand that. Yeah, you're you're six games in. Relax. I'm starting to understand that. Uh, no, Feels real good. Yeah, real good. All right, wait till that. Wait till that flames <laughs> out. Um, <laughs> <laughs> you're but, so salty. <laughs> it's sad. But you just keep throwing digs left and right. Um, yes, I'm very happy to have had the franchise quarterback in Eli Manning for the last 14 years. Yes, I am. Um. And win two Super Bowls. But now it's time to move on because, yes, the offensive line is still a train wreck. The running game somehow is incredible. Saquon Barkley is unbelievable what he's doing yeah. with no passing attack and a horrible O line. But he Eli is Manning, the passing attack, right, bro. Eli Manning cannot get the ball past five yards. And if you have Odell Beckham, Sterling Shepard, and all these weapons, and you can't even get the ball out, I mean, he looks like he's, you know, he looks like he's beaten. Like he just he he every time somebody comes near him, he runs around and he he loses the football or he throws it into the offensive lineman's back, and it's sad. It's pathetic. And in a league that's designed to score points, I mean, they put up 13 points at home to the Eagles, who had been reeling defensively. That's pathetic. So, yeah, I think he's gonna play this weekend on Monday night. In Atlanta, I think he'll play the game that they're home against Washington the following Sunday. And if they lose both those games, particularly in the manner in which they've lost the last couple, I could easily see Shermer with the endorsement of Mara and Gettleman saying, listen, this is a lost year. We did everything we could. We're going to turn over to Kyle Aletta. Because the reason why I want to see Lalletta play is twofold. One, does the kid have anything? Who knows? This is still a bad situation to gauge anybody's success. But he's athletic. He can at least move around. And maybe he could buy a little more time to make some plays. Second thing is this. I don't want them trading for any other quarterback that's lost their job. This team needs to continue to lose games. Absolutely. Because Justin Herbert is a quarterback from Oregon who we spoke about yesterday and have been building up to. And the more I watch him play, the more I think, even in a weak quarterback class, this could be the guy. And there's no fucking way that the Giants are going to pass on another possibility for a franchise quarterback. You have to keep in mind, too, there's really nobody, no other team that's bottoming out that needs a quarterback desperately because Tampa already has a couple wins and they're going to win a couple more games. That team's not good, but they're capable of winning more. I watch this Giants team. I'm I I, I defy no you to tell worse. me how they how they can win another game. I, I agree with you completely. Um, the the things I have to say are first of all, Ben McAdoo was right. He yeah, right. amazingly. Yeah, he was definitely but you still, right. But he, he went about it the wrong way. And you, he you started don't do Gino it for Geno Smith. Smith. Yeah, right. you should. He should have done it for Davis Webb, who is on the Jets practice squad now, mind you. Um, but I'm the aware. other thing I have to take away is that 
This may be, although the Giants fans and you and whatever else, this may be the best. This may be the best scenario for the Giants. You went out and got probably the best running back in the league, maybe ever. That's a bold, bold statement. But I mean, Jesus Christ, have you watched this guy play? And he's then the, the only reason to watch them right now. And then the next year, you're going to go out and get your franchise quarterback. Could you have asked for anything more? Shaquan will be in his prime, and this quarterback will be coming in, coming into his prime. And Odell Beckham will be at the tail end of his prime when all these guys are ready. And you mean to tell me that you're going to have your franchise quarterback, you hope, Shaquan and Odell Beckham, well, that's, all together? That's the thing, though. I mean, it sounds great in theory, but you don't know if if that's going to be the case. Now, well, of course, any, you don't. Anytime know. you take a, 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 the good thing is, is they'll be able to at least let him play. My concern is this, though, with with Herbert. You're still going to have to address this offensive line. Now, a couple of people have been asking me, fellow Giant fans, whatever, about certain trades or scenarios. I, You know I love me some Tua Tagovailoa and every quarterback in the 2020 draft. I know Fromm lost the other day, but I like him a lot. Trevor Lawrence. Fromm might lose his job. Yeah, Trevor Lawrence could be coming out. You know, is at some point if that that year or the following year, I mean, you're gonna have so many good quarterbacks available in that draft, and the thought of having Tua throw for a bunch of for a bunch of years is pretty awesome. Keep it but, in your pants. Keep it in your pants. No, <laughs> no promises. Um, listen, I saw what Landon Collins did transferring from Bama to the Giants. I like that. <laughs> um, but you that means you're sacrificing another year. Of being terrible. So are you really going to... You may, you drafted Barkley and re-signed Beckham to the extension under the hopes that you're going to have a representative team and a chance to win. If you tank this year, the rest of this year, and you bottom out next year, you just wasted two years of Saquon, three years of OBJ, and now you just with the hope that this quarterback, let's just say it's Tua, turns out to be the real deal. The Giants still have major concerns on this offensive line. And they have Allen, the the uh, offensive tackle out of Alabama, too. And there's two other, like, can't-miss offensive tackles who play on the left side that are going to be available in the top five that a lot of teams are going to go for because most of those teams already took their franchise quarterback last year. So, or this year. So, do you address the O-line and then maybe sign a Tyrod Taylor or sign a Teddy Bridgewater, or hope that Walletta plays well. Well, I don't think you do that because then you're not going to suck enough to be in the position to land a Tua Tagovailoa yep. or a Jake Fromm. You're putting the band-aid so, on. So now you're going to become a six-win team, a seven-win team, because Tyrod Taylor is good enough to win you some games. Yeah. That goes to show how anemic Eli is, where he's not even good enough to win you a couple of games. So my my thought is. And there, the other thing is, what about a trade for like a Derek Carr who's fallen out of love in Oakland? What if you could land him? You know, it, eventually it's going to come to the head. Of, even though Oakland just paid him, him and Gruden. Well, Gruden's there for ten years and ten million per year. I said I don't know if Derek Carr is going to be the quarterback when they go to Vegas, and that team sucks, which we'll get into later on. There's a chance that they might look to deal him. I don't want any part of Mariota or Winston, but I think Carr could be interesting because he's had some success in this league. But again, now you're mortgaging future. If I were the Giants, my blueprint would be bottom out this year, take the quarterback, trade anybody who has value that's not named Landon Collins, Saquon Barkley, Odell Beckham Jr., or Will Hernandez. Evan Ingram? 
Yeah. Sterling Shepard. Sure. Eli Apple, Olivier Vernon, uh, Alec Ogletree. Yeah, he's not. You know, but he'll get you something. You know, he might get you a fourth-round pick. So, or a fifth-round pick. So, if you do that, just accumulate picks and just continue to go offensive line and secondary. That would be my blueprint. Yeah. And and hope that Beckham's on board and shuts his mouth and then go and then go with Herbert starting game one like like Darnold did for your Jets this year. Yeah. I know I'm, that's a lot to take in, but it, that's how many thoughts are running through my mind right now. That's the way it's playing there's out. There's a million scenarios that they dug this grave for themselves by making this decision five months ago. Yeah, that's the way it's playing out, and I'm in agreement with you when it comes to, to signing a guy like Tyrod Taylor or that type of player that's basically putting a Band-Aid on a chopped-off foot. Like, yeah, that's not going to do isn't going to do anything. Um, nice analogy, by the way. Thank you. I that just image is that great, one. though, by the, too. I, I like that. It is that. very graphic. Um, I think the Derek Carr thing is interesting. That's a guy who's still young, and he could be your franchise quarterback. And you've already seen John Gruden trade a franchise guy with, with no remorse, so... That's one that I find interesting. If you can trade a couple of picks and and a, and a young guy for him, I would say go for that one. Uh, and then if not, then yeah, tank this year, which you don't even really have to try to tank. You guys suck. Yeah. And and go after the top guy. Yeah, I mean, I think that it's going to have to be one of those two. I don't see any any benefit in trading for a broken quarterback who's fallen out of love like a Jameis Winston or Marcus Mariota. They don't really interest me. Again, a guy like Tyrod Taylor, I don't see any benefit of the Giants being a seven-win team. And if they are a seven-win team, to your point of your Jets, I'd like it to be the next franchise quarterback that's bringing them to a seven-win team. And then I think the best-case scenario is you throw Aletta in there with a pretty bad O-line, and who knows, maybe he's actually decent. I mean, when they drafted him, I know it's in the fourth round, so it's hard to make these comparisons, but everybody, a lot of people were saying... This is Case Keenum, and this is an Alex Smith ceiling, which is a nice quarterback to have because they're capable of winning you games. They're not a franchise guy, but at least he's somebody where you can feel good about playing the rest of the second half. And if you put that team anything, around him next year, that's the that's the prevailing thought. You really so, only need a game manager. I mean, so, Nick Foles won the Super Bowl last year, Come right? On. So there's just so many different scenarios that could happen with this team. At the end of the day. They totally, they totally mismanaged a situation by trying to give a carrot past, to Eli Manning. The, the past, past two years year and have a half just been an have been a franchise splintering. Have been a franchise franchise splintering, like moves. Yeah, I, I don't even know how to put and, it. And and you know, you and got, it's gonna it's gonna affect this franchise depending on the next couple decisions they make. For the next decade. And not even the personnel decisions, but you know, you've got you've got Odell saying how badly he doesn't want to be here and talking about LA. Well, you just signed a five year deal, man, really? And he was on his best behavior, of course, for four months while he was waiting for that contract extension. Got it. And he's resorted right back to his old ways. You have now John Mara, the owner, who's basically you know, playing middle school argument with him, saying in the media, I wish he'd do a little more playing than talking. Which, listen, I don't like Beckham talking either, but it's not his fault that they're losing games. He's playing yeah. hard out there. He can't get the fucking and he ball. Always, he always plays hard. I mean, if you can't knock the guy for playing. He's his a tantrums are all about hard. the fact that he is so aggravated by the fact that he can't use his skill set because the Giants passing game 
is so completely pathetic if that you he watch can't some even of the do tape, anything. If you watch some of the tape, Odell Beckham's open about 95% of the time. Oh, yeah. Literally. But yep. Eli's either thrown the ball away, on the ground, or checked it down to Shaquan before the guy can even release. Yep. It, it's unbelievable. And for a pretty proud franchise that's – you know, one, two Super Bowls in They're the last 20 years. They're a little bit too proud. They're a little bit too it's proud, lo- I was just going to say, it's looking that way. I mean, it seems very up on their high horse the last few years. And and McAdoo is definitely smiling somewhere. Again, I, I they had – this has to be they, – they took Gettleman and Shermer with the understanding of you're not drafting Eli's replacement yet. And that, that's what it seems like. And and listen, to anybody that says, well, why would they take that job? Listen, there's only 32 jobs for general managers and coaches. You're going to take one if it's given you an opportunity. And if that wasn't the scenario and they really believed that Eli was better than a Sam Darnold, a Josh Rosen, a Josh Allen, a, uh, Ted, a, um, a Lamar Jackson – Boy, then, that talent evaluation sucks, and you have to seriously question this regime. I'm not questioning Saquon. I mean, Dave Gettleman's going to say that he made a number two overall pick that turned out to be a Hall of Famer. That's how good this guy is. But he's also going, especially if, if Darnold wins for you guys, he's going to be the GM that passed on a quarterback that brought the team who plays in your same stadium years of glory. Yeah, absolutely. And I just think with the Giants, the bottom line is, and, and I, I hate this high horse like they're the Yankees or something because they're not. They, they're not. This team really started to take a downfall from recently. I mean, they did have Lawrence Taylor on the team. But aside from that, this team took a downfall, started to go into this tailspin with that whole kicker thing. Listen, yeah, and that, that's a good point. domestic abuse thing. Yep, and, and it definitely They really started like, to tail off, and yep. that's when they started to veer away from those Super Bowl years with your Justin Tucks and your Michael Well, they don't Strahan's. have a leader. They haven't had a leader. And I don't like this fact that that's a really good parallel and a good starting off point. And you're right. I mean, it's something as, as simple as that. I mean, that you're, you're trading character integrity, which is what the Giants brand is supposed to represent, for a fucking kicker. And remember, this franchise has had some really bad points. I mean, the NFL had to force George Young to take over the general manager job because Wellington Mara and Tim Tish were arguing and couldn't make any football decisions, and it was literally ruining the franchise when they moved to the Meadowlands in the 70s. And if it wasn't for George Young being forced on them, I mean, they, they, could, have, they could have lost everything. And they ended up lucking out getting Lawrence Taylor and a couple of really good teams with Phil Simms transitioning into the 90s but the 90s were a lot of lost years too bad quarterback drafts not working out you had that one anomaly when Kerry Collins came over and they and they hit the jackpot with a really good team and then Eli comes in and wins you two Super Bowls but those teams had a boatload of of veteran leadership and guys that didn't take shit and knew how to play the game and represent the brand the right way and there's none of those guys. I mean, Eli doesn't want to deal with Odell Beckham. His, his life couldn't be any different than Odell Beckham's. And, you know, he just, Eli just wants to play football and try to win, and that's it. Beckham's wanting to get all these endorsements, go out, be with the A-list celebrities, and it seems like, you know, talk about how your behavior influences others. That seems like a lot of what Sterling Shepard wants, which is why he was on the boat too. And Evan Engram seems to be that kind of guy. Eli Apple, horrible character guy. I mean, Landon Collins called him a cancer 
on the on the radio show last year. I mean, these are all just perpetual problems that are you know permeating this this organization right now. You got the you got the owner t- chirping about his star wide receiver who he just paid at ninety five million guaranteed to. It's insane, man. I mean, it's just going on down the line. And as a Giant fan, it makes me sick because this isn't the team that I was rooting for. And and I don't know when it's getting better because there's a lot of issues. And, and basically, if there's a lot of different ways they can go. Only one of them is going to be right. But there's a big opportunity that all the other ways that he could go is the wrong door. I hate to tell you, man, I, I think the way that it's going to go is they're probably going to sign a stopgap quarterback and they're going to go 8-8 eight eight next year. Yeah, that's just the way this team seems like it's leaning. They want to win. They want they want to be as close to the playoffs as they possibly can. And I I really don't think that they're going to go after that that quarterback unless it's this year because this is a lost year. You're if one it, and five. Yeah. If, if but they, if it's not this year and you see across the ESPN ticker that they signed Tyrod Taylor, Teddy Bridgewater, et cetera, et cetera, then they're not going after that guy. No, I think though that now they're not gonna they're not gonna do that again. If they have another quarterback and they're in the top your, two, I hope for your sake and your health that they don't. <laughs> I think that there, there's not going to be a way that those guys are going to be be able to escape MetLife Stadium and if again, they don't I, take a chance on the next franchise quarterback. And the take a chance is the perfect way to put it because if you get it wrong, like if the Jets get Darnold wrong and this is just a hot start, yeah, who cares? You got it wrong, but you you took the chance, and that's all that I can ask for as a Jets fan, right? Because this guy was a bona fide stud, and he was supposed to be the number one overall pick until the Browns did something crazy. Who knows how that plays out? I'll take Sam Darnold for sure. Yeah, how this could isn't you not? Mark Sanchez where you're kicking yourself because he should have gone in the twenties and not right. at number six. Right. But and Herbert, you know, if he was in the twenty twenty draft, who knows where he'd land? But in twenty nineteen, he's the best of the options for sure. And if he's the best one and you need a quarterback, listen, sometimes you got to take a shot in the dark and hope it works out. Not every single time there's a rich quarterback draft class means you're getting a good one. Eli in 04 worked. Obviously, it worked for all the other teams, too. Rivers is still putting up numbers. Roethlisberger is still putting up numbers. They're fine. But you got to take a chance sometimes. It works out. You know, I mean, look what happened with Goff and Wentz. Those guys are studs. So, you don't know. But that's enough of my Giants point. There's a lot of speculation that, that of what could happen. All this I know, is going to be, by the looks of this team, it's going to be a weekly thing, man. All I know. Well, I, now that I'm off the bandwagon and I'm hoping for them to lose. I'm so happy for you. I'm right back on to where I was last year, which is just hoping for losses. Except which this is a year, sad position to be in. This year it's better because you took the Eli goggles off. You don't yeah. have those Eli beer goggles on. He's not looking so cute anymore. You sobered no. up. Yeah. You jumped off the bandwagon. I can see why people stay drunk, though. <laughs> yeah. um, Might be right. a little better. Yeah, I, I kind of an altered state would be nice right about now. Um, maybe I'll enjoy it for the next 11 weeks. Um, Let's move on. Let's talk about some games. I think we should get into the rundown. AFC. Absolutely. So the first game was probably the best game. Between that and the Packers game, I think they were the two most fun games. Patriots beat the Chiefs on Sunday night football, 43-40. to a lot going on in this game, and the first thing I want to talk about is the defensive lineman rookie for the Chiefs saying that he let up on Tom Brady and Tom Brady scored a touchdown. There is a holding play on that. It would have been first and goal at the one. They stuff it in on the next play, so it's a nothing to me. Yeah, I mean, I think what made it so notable was the fact that in this state of the NFL, you're afraid to hit the quarterback even if he's out of the pocket. And that, that's what caused a lot of the news. I don't think it was so much, you know, even the hold and the fact that the Patriots would, would punch it right in as you, as you spoke to. 
but that is sad. If you're afraid to make tackles on a quarterback, that's not a good that's not a good way to play, especially yeah. if you're a young kid. You know, you're trying to make your mark and he's going to be thought of as a guy that let Tom Brady walk into the end zone. Hey man, he made a really nice play on him, but I I can't blame him either way. If he got the call, he would have been you know, it's it's you hate me either way. So it's a tough situation to be in for defensive players in the NFL right now. But let's talk about the game a little bit. Mahomes was off to a slow start, but the guy comes out in the second half looking like normal Mahomes. You know how I feel about him. It was a great game overall, and I know that the Chiefs didn't win, but I still think this was a great game for them, and they're they're going to be just fine. This is probably the AFC Championship matchup. My Chargers aren't going there. I hate to say it. Yeah, I don't know. I mean, the way that the I mean, if it ever comes apart in Kansas City, I I have no idea when that will be because Mahomes continues to answer every that test. That defense is terrible, but in today's NFL, it doesn't matter. No, I mean they're going to score points in bunches as they as they did. Now both defenses suck. I mean that's so it's going to be a shootout the in the Chiefs AFC just Championship. Suck more. Yeah, which is crazy. That's going to be a shootout in the AFC Championship game if it does get to that point. What's important though is this basically solidified home field for the for the Patriots now to go through the playoffs again. And I don't like Kansas City's chances nearly as much to upset the Pats in Foxborough as I do at Arrowhead. So that's the biggest takeaway for me from this game is obviously with the exception of Mahomes, just you know, entering the bell again. Every test he's been given, he's passed with flying colors. I would have loved to know what Brady whispered to him after that game. I'm sure it was I'm sure it was pretty pretty interesting uh pretty interesting conversation, but yeah, I mean, Mahomes man is he's great, but Brady is still the goat. Moving on, the Baltimore Ravens shut out the Tennessee Titans. I think they lost the week before to the Browns, right? 9 to 6. So, nice turnaround game, good game from Joe Flacco. He spread the ball around to three different wide receivers. Hayden Hurst is back in. So it'll be interesting to see how they integrate their first-round tight end. Uh, really good game for the running backs as well. I don't really have to talk about Tennessee because there was a nothing from them. I just think this team is decimated by injuries, including Mariota, who I don't think he's a great quarterback, but I think when healthy, he's a decent quarterback, and he can win you a few games. Ravens' defense is one of the only defenses in the league that I think you can trust at this point. You didn't get to the point, though, uh, what made this game insane. What was that? The Ravens sacked the Titans 11 times. Oh, man, that's 11 true. 11 times Mariota went down. And that's not – most of those that's sacks the, were not his fault. No, but that's insane. 11 sacks in one game. I mean, they were having a field day. You talk about Eli getting the yips. I can't blame Mariota if you're getting no, sacked and, 11 times. No, but that's a testament to yips. that decimation of, you know, of, of that unit that you were speaking to. That offense can, can't score, and they haven't been able to score for a while. They've won a couple defensive, really defensive battles, but that team can't score points. And if you want to get shell-shocked, get sacked 11 times. Yeah, absolutely, especially when you're coming off already a few injuries to start this Ravens year keeping off. pace in that AFC North, man. You know, it seems like when they lose Starting a tough game, they, they come back and answer the bell, and, and that was a good win for them on the road. Yeah, absolutely, and the AFC North is uh, starting to even out as well because the Steelers beat the Bengals 28-21. Uh, to 21. That was a fun game. That was a really fun game to watch, and I just think this game was mismanaged by Cincinnati as per usual. Um, and Give them a big spot, man. They just wilt. Absolutely. I don't think it's the player's fault. I think this was on the coaching. They just didn't manage the game well. They gave Ben way too much time to drive down the field and score it there. Threw a game-winning touchdown to Antonio Brown. 
Um, but I mean, this offense for the Bengals is really good. And obviously Vontez Burfecht tried to murder every single person on the field. Yeah. At, once again, surprised as by that? per usual, um, I think that when you watch the Bengals, that talent is too good, but God, did they just fuck up in big spots and the Steelers own them, especially in important games, whether it's in Cincinnati or in Pittsburgh. So I expected I expect to see the Steelers continue to to push their way through and especially heading into the second half of the season with or without Le'Veon Bell, but they're starting to come together. That defense is playing better. That offense is starting to score some points. Ben Roethlisberger is not making as many hard decisions with the football and he's actually supposed he's actually throwing it to his team like he's supposed to. And they're going to look seem like they're going to get better and again, Cincinnati can win all the games they want to. In big spots until they prove me wrong, and a lot of other people wrong. I I'm not taking I'm not taking them snowball chance in hell. Yeah, no, not at all. You can't trust them when when the lights shine bright. But let's move on to the next game. I want to talk about. I'm just gonna read you a stat line here, and I'm gonna have you guess who had this stat line. Hit me. 28 completions, 380 passing yards, three passing touchdowns. He did have two interceptions which will probably give it away who it is because that's a lot like him. Um, and he also had eight rushing yards. Why don't you go ahead and guess who the fuck that is? Well, unfortunately for this game, I already know who it is, but it's Mr. Brock Osweiler. Can you fucking believe that? <laughs> so my sperm bank pick of the week was the Chicago Bears, and that was looking fine with Ryan Tannehill as a starter. And it looked even better because they brought in probably the worst backup quarterback in the NFL in Brock Osweiler, and he puts up that stat line. Khalil Mack has two tackles. This defense was murdered all day, and obviously the Bears offense did what the Bears offense does, and that is Mitchell Trubisky's trash. Tyree he made Cohen. some big throws in that game, man. Okay. You're Whatever. just bitter because your sperm bank is, is completely Jordan empty. Howard gets like three touches. What the hell is going on here? My sperm bank pick of the week. Did you guys not get the news down there in Miami? What the fuck? <laughs> That's two weeks in a row. Your segment's not doing well so far, man. Um, yeah, that was a crazy game. I, I didn't, and and Kenyon Drake was the most happy about that because he fumbled down late in overtime. Old man Frank Gore just gonna keep taking his touches. Yeah, if he keeps that, that was shit up. and and you you feel for the kid. He, he was he was in tears. Couldn't believe that he fumbled and. They were able to get the. Did were, you email him, your Alabama friend? Yeah, of course. It was <laughs> running backs all over the all over the NFL, man. Um, but he he got vindication and and they won on a field goal in OT, and that's a bad loss for the Bears. You know, it's a bad loss if you lose to Tannehill because they've been struggling so much lately. But to lose to Brock, I, I honestly I saw the stat line. It, I wasn't even just surprised that it was Brock Osweiler. I was surprised that Brock Osweiler was still in the league and playing for the Dolphins. I had no idea. I haven't heard his name since he got cut by the Browns in that trade. So, crazy game. It seems like we've had a couple of those this year, whether it was Fitzmagic's crazy start and now Brock Osweiler. It's like you can't count a quarterback out. I think, though, moving on to the next game, the only guy you can count out is Nathan Peterman. Yeah, absolutely. So, the Buffalo Bills announced that they are going to start Derek Anderson this week. When was the last time he played? Like 2009? He actually played last year. He was a backup for the Carolina Panthers, Pro Bowler in 2007 with the Cleveland Browns. No, when I said played, like he played a game last year for the Panthers? No, no. That's what I was going to say. When was the last time he played a game? 
Uh, I have no idea. But <laughs> talking mean, about a guy you thought of a, was out yeah, of the league. Uh, that's absolutely absurd. I mean, he did make a Pro Bowl in 2007 when the I, I think he was on the team of fucking Peyton Hillis on the Browns. Yeah, that that's one right. great season. But um, yeah, Nathaniel Peterman is he should be doing a podcast or maybe he'll be a real estate salesman. But he will not be playing professional football ever again. I feel bad for the kid, but. He shouldn't God be in damn. this situation. He shouldn't be in. The, he should never have been given the opportunity to start an NFL game. And I am beginning to think that this could have been what Christian Hackenberg would have been with the New York Jets. Like if they everything they said was true about him, that's probably what you're seeing from Nathan Peterman. I think the only guy I could think of who's ever worse than him. Remember that guy who played for the Arizona Cardinals, Ryan? Ryan, Ryan easy with that. <laughs> that was. Ouch, man. <laughs> Listen, I just jumped off the bandwagon. I'm not ready for shots like that yet. Ryan Lindley, you remember him? Yeah, yeah. I think he was the only quarterback that I've ever seen is worse than Nathan Peterman. There's not much worse than that, but the Houston Texans held on to beat the Buffalo Bills. Thank God for their sake, because that would have been a terrible loss against Nathan Peterman. Not really much to say about that game. Both offenses are struggling a lot right now. Uh, the Texans have a really good front seven on the defense, but they really don't have a lot in the defensive backfield. Let's move on to the next game. The Chargers beat up on your Cleveland Browns. Not even competitive. No, it was not. I was singing the praises of the, the Browns. If the Chargers are going to do go far in the playoffs and even make the playoffs, this is a game that they need to dominate. And I was really happy to see that they did. Yep. Yeah, no, yeah that was that was complete domination. With and the Chargers, you can't leave it up to the, your field goal kicker. No, unfortunately, you know they got to play the Browns. I don't know what I was thinking. I'm just so high on the Browns. I'm excited for them. They've won two. They've tied one. They could be there. Baker's looking good. Yeah, they're But that was a pathetic performance. Really Browns-esque. And like you said, man, I'm taking more from the Chargers in that game. The Chargers went went into Cleveland and beat the living hell out of the Browns, which is what you're supposed to do, especially if you're expected to go into the playoffs and, as you predicted, the Super Bowl. So, good win for Anthony Lynn and that team. Phillip Rivers did Phillip Rivers things, torched a bad defense, and now you're going to look forward to the next week. There's really not much else I need to say on that. Absolutely. So let's go ahead and move on to the NFC. The Rams just barely won in Denver. Jared Goff did not have a touchdown in this game. It was 29 degrees, really cold. And the Rams are definitely not used to the cold, and nobody's probably used to the cold this early in the season. That's Denver, though, man. But. That was a Todd Gurley game, man, and this guy and Shaquan Barkley are neck and neck for the best running back in the league. Yeah, I mean... It, and Melvin Gordon's right up there, I was there just going to say, don't forget about Melvin Gordon in L.A., um, the other L.A. team, your Chargers. I was I was impressed with this, with this win because, you know, if you're a great team, you're not going to just coast every week. Now, the week before, they had that tough game where Seattle kind of took them by surprise and, and could have won that I game. I know. That was my sperm bank pick. Yep. I was just refreshing your memory in case you forgot. Um, but they go on the road again into Denver, which is never an easy place to play, and they escape with another win. And I think this really is a testament to one of your three fathers, Sean McVay, where you know he gets that team ready to play and he adjusts to the elements and the conditions and and how that and how the course of the game is going hold on to a tough victory get out of that freezing cold and get back to the warm sunny LA and prep for the next week i mean they they're going to have plenty of games where they can win and blow out and throw the ball and run the ball all over the field sometimes you can't do that but it looks like they're they're still very much equipped to win even when they can't do that and but fortunately for them 
all roads are going to be going through L.A. in the postseason. Yeah, absolutely. And, and fortunately for them, they have probably the best running back in football for when Jared Goff goes ice cold, Cooper Cup gets hurt and gets carted off the field, and Cooks is still coming off that concussion as well, although Robert Woods had a great game. Moving on to the next team, the Green Bay Packers. This was a fun game. This game was a lot of fun to watch. Um, they beat at, They beat the San Francisco 49ers. As time expired, Aaron Rodgers pulls another rabbit out of his butthole this game. Um, C.J. Beathard looked good, honestly. He looked pretty good, ex- excluding that pick where he underthrew Marquise Goodwin, probably one of the fastest guys in the league by about 10 yards. But aside from that, he, he, he looked serviceable. Yeah, I mean, that's another backup quarterback. We, we joked about him. But he's played decent for them. You can't really shit on him. And his second they were in year position in the to win that game. Looks pretty good. Yeah, I mean, you're not going to beat Aaron Rodgers if you're C.J. Beathard, but he hung with them really well. And in case you just need more validation, Aaron Rodgers is the best thrower of the football I have ever seen. Oh, absolutely. You can throw it from any angle, and I'll tell you what, that knee's looking pretty good. Yeah, he was moving around a lot, and he did take a couple of shots. His non-throwing elbow was all bloodied and beaten. I mean, that offensive line sucks. He's running for his life out there, and he still is capable of making— you know, he's throwing these BBs off his back foot in spots where only his receiver can catch him, and it's just perfect throw after perfect throw— and what I love about him was after that really sad performance by Mason Crosby in that Detroit game, you know, most kickers get cut after a performance like that. And Rodgers, you know, put his arm around him and said, we're going to need this guy. He's won us many a games. And what I thought was so awesome about that, about that comeback Monday night and eventual victory for the Green Bay Packers was, Mike McCarthy, of course, after the Packers get to about the 35-yard line with like 11 seconds or 12 seconds, well, is telling them, the one more yeah, up. telling them to to you know put spike the ball and kick the field goal. And, and Rodgers is telling, yeah, he was throwing a different single finger up there, yeah, and, and so he could get the ball and throw another 15-yard pass to give Mason Crosby an opportunity. Nice catch by Devontae Adams, absolutely, he had a really good game. Um, Those Nation young wide receivers, Valdez, Scandling, and the other guy who I will never be able to pronounce his name. Aside from them being young, they look really good. Yeah, no, I mean, and I think, you they know. They figure out a way like Pittsburgh to get wide receivers there. Yep, and it definitely doesn't hurt that Aaron Rodgers is throwing you the football. But, but you know, give Mason Crosby a kick to, or an opportunity to kick a chip shot, which he did, get his confidence back. And that's a really good win because even though a lot of people expected them to just destroy the 49ers, Beathard's not terrible. That 49ers defense is, is okay. And that, and that Packer team is really not good. If they didn't no. have Aaron Rodgers, they would be the worst team in football challenging the Giants. Absolutely. The one last thing I will say about the Packers is please free Aaron Jones. Please free Aaron Jones. I'm getting tired of Jamal Williams and Ty Montgomery. These guys getting three yards per carry at best. I'm shot. I don't know why they're not doing it. It's just this Mike McCarthy being a, a pain in the ass. And that's the only explanation. He's so I stubborn have. as a head I coach. I think this would have been a, a much really easier win. Deserve it. I mean, they started the guy, and then he barely gets any more touches. He ran one in for a touchdown, and it gets called back, and then they throw a pass to Ty Montgomery. They got the touchdown, but if you're giving this guy starting lead back rushes, I think you're winning these games and cruising to wins a lot more easily. And you're you're opening up a whole new thing for Aaron Rodgers to have as well, but that's all we'll say about that. Moving on to the next game, probably the most interesting game of this week. That's one word for it. Cowboys smacked on the Jaguars. And I will say this about the Cowboys, all right, and future head Princeton football coach Jason Garrett. 
I have a Cowboys fan in my life. It's my cousin. And I just love this because he's going to get all excited. And, you know, he's going to think they're rolling. They beat up on the best defense in football, whatever. And they're going to lose the next week and the week after that. I mean, I love the guy. Love my cousin. Great guy. But I just love this because it's going to, it's just that little glimmer of hope. And they're just going to get stomped out next week. I love it too. I mean, in in my season, all I can root for is the demise of fellow NFC East competition. And nobody I enjoy seeing lose more than the Dallas Cowboys. And I mean, that was a hell of a win. I mean, they, they, didn't, they didn't just beat the Jaguars. They they completely blitzed them. And, and Scott Linehan, I mean, that defense made him look really, really smart, which yeah. I'm shocked by because that's not a team that scores a lot of points, the Dallas Cowboys. But Blake Bortles was horrendous per usual. And Jalen Ramsey, you want to talk about fraud? That is a fraud. You're not even going to answer questions afterwards after all you do is open your mouth. You weren't doing well anyway. For some reason, you keep talking. You give up 40 points to the Cowboys. Yeah. I hope he never says another word. You need to learn how to shut the fuck up if you're not playing well. Wow. That that was tough. But uh, big shout out to my cousin there. So, yeah, I just had to bring that up. Hopefully the Cowboys lose every game from here on out. Rooting for it. All right. Moving on to the Falcons. Um, they scored just enough to beat Jameis and the Bucks. You know this offense is going to be high scoring as well as the Buccaneers. I just think this team is just a little bit more talented than the Buccaneers. What do yeah, you say? yeah, they are. Um, you Julio know, the, Jones still without a touchdown. Still without for, a what, touchdown. Ten years now. Yeah, it seems like it. Ever since he entered the league, I don't, I don't think understand he it. I, I, it's one of those things where you can't explain it because it makes absolutely no logical sense. Um, He's still putting up great numbers. Yeah, but he can't get in the end zone. It's crazy. I mean, they have other weapons, so you know this they team, spread the ball around. But it's amazing be, that the one of the best wide receivers in the league can't get a touchdown. Yeah, there's no explanation. It's just terrible luck. They, they, they just lost Freeman. They put him on the IR, so you're going to see a little bit more Edo Smith. You're going to see a lot of Tevin Coleman. I think for fantasy purposes, he's probably a high-end RB2. But, I mean, this team, talk about getting killed by injuries. They lost their stud middle linebacker at the beginning of the season. That's been happening all year. And they lost a couple They're they like a mass safeties. Yeah, yeah every, every week. Um, Matt Ryan's thing, having a great year. As he usually numbers. does, man. I mean, he's a very good quarterback. I wouldn't put him at Tier 1, but he's, no. he's at the top of Tier 2. The other thing I'll take away from the Falcons is – that I mean, yeah, they've been riddled with injuries. That defense can't – I mean, that defense is so bad. And, again, what I'm really looking forward to Monday night is if they want to get better and they want to show any sense of life going down, you know, getting into the second half of the season, they get to play the New York Giants. There you go. Which means that they will give up 14 points and all their, their defense will look like the 2000 Ravens. And they'll be right back on track. So uh, they can look forward to a nice victory there. Uh, that NFC South, I, it's gotten away from them at this point. They've lost too many bad games. I do think they might be still in contention for a wild card because I haven't been that impressed with Carolina. Um, but they're going to have to start winning, and they're going to have to do it with a pretty decimated team. All right, so why don't we move on to our next game. And the Minnesota Vikings beat up on Josh Rosen and the Cardinals. Adam Thielen, baby. He's so good. Best wide receiver in football he's right now. Right, he's right there. He's so good. And that was a game they had to they had to take care of business. You know, 
There's your MVP candidate. Uh, yeah, and, and that's that's it. And and Cousins had a this really team, good game. He's definitely a top top con- uh, candidate for the MVP. This team's throwing the ball more than anybody else in the league. And they're going to do it after giving him all that money guaranteed. They want to they want to you know show him off. Dalvin Cook there, sat there. this game out all, as the entire week they were saying he was going to play. Decided to sit him down. Latavius Murray had himself a nice game as well. Yeah, listen, the situation with the Vikings is they had that horrible loss where they. It didn't seem like they even got out of their homes when the Bills came to town a couple weeks ago. They were not going to let that happen again against an Arizona Cardinal team that has no business playing with them. The Vikings were were a very popular pick to get to the Super Bowl out of the NFC. My pick to get to the Super Bowl out of the NFC. They they're 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 going to start turning on the Jets. They lost a tough game to the New Orleans Saints or not the New Orleans Saints, the LA Rams, and they have a couple other big games coming up. And I actually didn't know that I just made a pun, but they are actually playing the Jets this week. They are going to turn on the Jets by playing the Jets in MetLife Stadium. I'm looking forward to seeing that game because the Jets are rolling. But the Vikings got to start taking care of business. Obviously, Aaron Rodgers is going to win you games if you're the Green Bay Packers, but that team is not very good. They got to seize. They got to seize an opportunity in that NFC North because the Bears obviously are fugazi as well. They should win that division, and they should beat up on a team like the like the uh, Arizona Cardinals. I think Josh Rosen Mike, looked okay with a Mike Zimmer run team. That defense is going to round into form no matter who they got playing out there. They have the and this they offense have the is high scoring. They can put up points with anybody with that quarterback and those wide receivers. Dalvin Cook gets healthy. I think they're definitely going to be a force to be reckoned with as the season goes on. Moving on to the next game, the Redskins win at home over the Carolina Panthers. Cam Newton kind of reminds me of Ben Roethlisberger in the sense where he never plays as well on the road as he does at home, and they cannot throw the ball down the field at all right now. No, I mean, they should have lost to the Giants the week before, and the the Redskins seemed like it was just they were poised for a bounce back after being actually embarrassed in New Orleans on Monday night. Yeah. So they came back on a short week playing at home against a Carolina team that hasn't really done a lot for me, man. I don't know what no. your thoughts on them are. They, Not at all. They and have I think a decent they whiffed record, on their first-round pick. I'd much rather Calvin Ridley than DJ Moore, who they could have taken. No doubt. And I think he would fit that offense like a glove uh, down there in Carolina. I mean, McCaffrey's been running the ball. They've made him their feature back. He's looked really good. But there's something missing. There's a component missing with that team. The offense can score, but they're not great. The defense can stop teams, but they're not great. You know, they should have lost to the Giants. They they won on a 63-yard field goal. They play another NFC East team on the road. And the Redskins and Alex Smith just had one of those performances. And that's another thing about these teams, man. Alex Smith is one of those guys. He's not going to let you be a two- or three-win team. And the Redskins have won a couple of those games. They beat the Packers. They've had a couple of good performances so far this year. And with the way the Saints are playing, Carolina is not holding up very well in that NFC South. No, not at all. I think my Super Bowl pick is going to run away with that division. It sure, certainly looks like it. All right, so moving on to our final game of last week to recap, my favorite game of this week, honestly, is the Seattle Seahawks just killing the Oakland Raiders over in London. It was a beautiful thing to see, and I didn't see a second of it. All I will <laughs> at the score was enough for me. Yeah. They, we both are in lockstep, man. The Raiders can't lose enough for me. John Gruden is such an arrogant pain in the ass. Hey, let's hope Derek Carr just keeps sucking, and maybe the Giants can steal him for nothing. Yeah, hey, I, I wouldn't, I wouldn't be opposed. I mean, given all that we talked about and the hyperbole of, of the situation, and I, I'm not, I'm not gonna, I'm not gonna speak at craziness. I think he would help this team a lot, and that's something that could happen realistically. Um, so you what? Odell Beckham would drive to Los Angeles and pick him up right now. Oh, no doubt. I mean. 
how do you lose by that margin to the Seahawks? I mean, Jesus Christ, that team is so bad. And we've made jokes, the Khalil Mack weekly joke. We're not only have to do that this time because even with Khalil Mack, they would have given up a lot of points and they can't score. I mean, that team's a mess. There's rumors now that they're shopping Amari Cooper. Who Who's knows gonna take about Amari Derek Cooper Carr? right now? That's my thing. I mean, there's no, uh, there's nothing less appealing than a wide receiver who's genuinely, generally unproven, with the exception of a really good year. What was it? A couple His years ago, year. and an, on an offense that doesn't score points. So I, I don't know what they're gonna get from him. It seems like Gruden just totally cleaning house. He took a job that I thought was okay. Hey man, and he's listen, done who cares? nothing. He's but got plenty break down of time. House. Of course, he's he got does. plenty of time to break down three houses and rebuild them. Yeah, and he can build mansions with his ten million dollars a year. Too. Yeah, definitely. So uh, that wraps up our our recap of last week. So let's just do it. Let's just get it over with. Why don't we get into our picks this week? Last thing I will say, just some league news. I think it's really interesting that Le'Veon Bell is going to take the free 860-something million dollars this week if he's planning on reporting next week. So I think that just shows that he's not going to report next week. It doesn't look like it. It doesn't look like why, it. You're on a bye week. Why wouldn't you just sign it and say, yeah, I'll be back. See you guys next week. I'm still in Miami or whatever. It, it seems like that relationship is totally fractured. And unless there's a sudden change of heart on either end, he's not coming back. Yeah, I'm going to have to, GM Tom's going to have to put his uh, corny cap on again with that joke and figure out what what it requires for him to become a free agent next year. Does he have to play a certain amount of games this year under the franchise tag or whatever it is? And we'll, we'll get back to you on that one. But why don't we go into our picks? Let's just get this over with. Let's so I'll it. go first. I went 0-4. Terrible week for me. Terrible overall week. I picked the Giants minus three. We both picked that game. Disgusting. D- fucking disgusting. Hideous. I felt dirty about myself. Then I took the Indianapolis Colts. I didn't think that the Jets were going to be able to keep it rolling two weeks in a row. I thought they were going to win, but I didn't think they were going to almost blow them out, put up 42 points. Um, but the Indianapolis Colts could not even cover. Should have known better when your best wide receiver is Chester Rogers. Um, moving on to my last two picks. Personally, I picked, we know, the Chicago Bears at the Miami Dolphins minus three. Don't have to say anything there. And actually, this is even more embarrassing. My sperm bank pick for last week was Jacksonville minus three at Dallas. So a little bit of uh, a little bit of something for my cousin to laugh at me for, who's the big Dallas fan. Whatever, he's still a clown. So let's move on. You <laughs> picked the New York Giants as well. You picked the Cleveland Browns that was at bad. the Chargers. That was bad. At home, maybe they had a chance, but yeah. I don't know. It was at home. I was feeling mind. crazy. Yeah, good for you. Didn't work out too well. Next up, you picked the Jets. You got that one right. Nice pick. Second straight week picking your boys. They've Absolutely. come through for me. And the final pick, you had Houston at Houston minus eight points. They won by seven. Bad yeah. beat. Sorry. Yeah, I mean, they didn't beat the Bills by, by more than a touchdown. That's not good. No, that's, that's not definitely good. not good. Especially and it when took Nathan a Nathan Peterman. Peterman pick six late to actually make it a seven-point game. All right, so... It's a new week, my friend. It is a new week. Let's move on to our picks this week. We'll go with the locals first. Why don't you go first with your pick? No gamesmanship here. None. My hands are up. Yep, there you so go. So why don't you go ahead? Well, I'm going to start with the winning New York football team. Jets are minus three at home. Three straight weeks. I am taking Jets are a dog at home, by the way. They're plus Oh, three. yeah, that's right. They're plus three at home, which makes sense against the Vikings. 
I feel good about the Jets covering at home by just just feeling the way that they've been playing. If they if they suck, you know, I wouldn't be totally surprised, but I like the momentum they're riding with right now. I'm going to take this game. I think the Vikings probably win, but I think it's very, very, very close. I have to make up some ground, and I really like the way the Vikings looked last week. I think they're going to continue to build momentum and get better every single week. I'm going Minnesota minus three at the Jets. There you go. All right, so moving on to the New York Giants, I'll go first on this one just to make it fair. The New York Giants are in Atlanta minus six or plus six this week. Yeah, they're Excuse a six-point dog. I'm taking the New York Giants. No, you're not. I am taking the New no, York Giants. Not. I think if there's a defense that they can score on, oh, it's I'm this so one. Oh, I'm so sick and tired and of hearing that narrative. It, they can keep it close. No, they can't. This is The Atlanta Falcons are a six-point favorite, and this game won't be close. Let me tell you what the Giants can't do. They can't play defense. You know what else the Giants can't do? Score points. I don't care how bad this Atlanta defense is. If the Giants score 20 points, I would be shocked because they don't do that. They're terrible. <laughs> They're so broken. They're it's so, so bad. All I heard about the Saints game, oh, well, this is the first time they're not facing a real pass rush. Oh, the Cowboys, they can score on them. You know, how many times do I have to hear this? This is the week where the Falcons' defense gets right and feels good about themselves, feeling themselves a little bit. They're going to win this game. It's a, They're a six-point favorite. I see this being something like 36 to like 21 or something if the Giants even get there. What am I supposed to do? This team has done nothing but disappoint me, and I'm over it. I'm over it. I hear you, bro. I'm, I'm so sorry for you. Not really, but whatever. So moving on to my first pick outside of the locals, I am going to take the Tennessee Titans, favored by 6.5 in London. I just think weird things happen in London, and I think they can definitely cover this game against the Chargers. I think the Chargers get a win, but I think it's a lot closer, and I'm just going to chalk this one up to a London game. That's not a bad pick. I mean, Tennessee has played a lot of close games with the exception of last week. The games that they have won have been very low scoring in defensive battles, so that's not a bad idea. Um, the game I'm going to go with is Indianapolis is a six-and-a-half-point favorite at home over the Buffalo Bills, now led by Derek Anderson's corpse. I like Indianapolis to, to cover this game. How are the Bills scoring any points? The one thing about Indianapolis is although they can't score any points, or although they, they can't play any defense, they do score a lot of points. They put up some points against New England, and they put up some serious points against your Jets, even though the Jets you know, did anything they wanted to and, and basically defiled the Bills every defensive player that Indianapolis had. The Bills will not do that. Derek Anderson will not do that. And uh, Indianapolis, particularly at home, will cover this 6.5. I could see this being about a 14-15 point game. Okay. Keep in mind, Derek Anderson made the Pro Bowl in 2007. Yep. Ten uh, years ago. I was a freshman in high school. So, <laughs> yeah. I think I was in seventh grade. Yeah. Maybe sixth. So, what we're trying to say is it was a long time ago. <laughs> yeah. All right. So, finally, here it is. It's the pick everyone has made. Oh, boy. For. Here we go. My sperm bank pick of the week. Lock it in. Get to the sperm bank, all you fellas out there. I'm going to take the Jacksonville Jaguars at home minus You're doing them again? four and a half against the Houston Texans. Really? Absolutely. I think this Houston Texans team is banged up, and we're going to get good, Blake, this week. I feel it. You better be feeling it because you're not having kids if you don't. Um, <laughs> that's a ballsy pick. I give you. I wish you the best of luck, sir. For me... I'm looking to the first game here. It is the Thursday night game. Denver 
two and a half point favorite at Arizona. I'm taking the Broncos. They've played well against some good teams this year. They could have beaten uh, Kansas City. They could have beaten the uh, L.A. Rams last week. I know those were home games for the Broncos, but Arizona is not a very good team. I know Rosen's played better. How could you not play better than Sam Bradford? But Denver's defense gets right this week. Arizona doesn't have many threats. I know David Johnson's been running okay, and they still have Larry Fitzgerald, but that team stinks. Broncos will take care of business. Covering the two and a half, I see them winning by at least a touchdown. So give me the Broncos. All right, let's hope I can do a little bit better than 0-4. That was pretty much rough. And I was 1-3, man, so it's not like I'm, you know. It's I'm, not as bad not as 0-4, but we will be back on Monday to talk about NBA, college football, MLB definitely got interesting last night between the Red Sox winning as well as the Los Angeles Dodgers. We talk about NBA. We forgot to mention the DeJounte Murray injury. We will talk about that on Monday and how we think that is going to impact the Spurs. And obviously we will go over college football. But that about wraps it up for this episode. So good night. Good night.